Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. Today we continue learning Pirkei Avot, Ethics of the Fathers, with uh, chapter 4, Mishnah 29. This is the last Mishnah of chapter 4. Next week we will be uh, beginning chapter 5. And in this Mishnah, he, Rabbi Elazar Hakapar, was accustomed to say, The newborn will die, the dead will live again, the living will be judged, in order that they know, teach, and become aware that He is God. He is the fashioner, He is the creator, He is the discerner, He is the judge, He is the witness, He is the plaintiff, He will judge. Blessed is He before whom there is no iniquity, no forgetfulness, no favoritism, and no acceptance of bribery, for everything is His. Know that everything is according to the reckoning, and let your evil inclination not promise you that the grave will be an escape for you. For against your will you were created, against your will you were born, against your will you live, and against your will you die, and against your will you are destined to give an account before the King, who rules over kings, the Holy One, blessed be He. This is strong, this is heavy. And in reality, this Mishnah really summons life. It tells everything. It's so true. In this Mishnah, Rabbi Elazar gives a summation of reality. This is reality. Most people live in an unreal place. They think they're here forever. And in reality, when you realize that you're not going to be here forever, you live a very different life. So all those born will one day die. People are born without willing to be born. Who asked us if we wanted to be here? The soul doesn't want to come to this world. The soul is basking in Hashem's glory up there. It's, 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 it's beautiful. Why would he want to come to this world? And people die without willing to die. I, I was a, a volunteer in, the, in Bikur Holim in Miami for many years. I used to go to, the, to hospice for many years and I would see people in their deathbed and they were like in so much pain and, and, and so and nobody wanted to die they all wanted to stay and they could be a hundred years old and they were like I still have things to do here and they didn't want to go it's very hard to go so so we see here that the, the that Rabbi Elazar also is telling us something very important that we have to keep in mind in our lifetime in, is that we will come back that this is part of the of the journey and dying is part of the journey and the destination is the resurrection of the dead and coming back to the world that is meant to be with the coming of Messiah. So also we something that's very important that we have to remember every day of our lives to really have a life to really live with purpose and with love and with joy in our hearts is that we have to understand that God sees everything we do and that there is a judge and that we have to give accounting. You know, fear is not something bad. Fear is something positive. Fear is something that helps you not go in the wrong direction. It, it, it prevents you to do what you shouldn't be doing. So ethics of the fathers is a guide to proper living. This is what it is. And it should be obvious that a person cannot make an optimum adjustment to life unless he has an accurate perception of reality. So I remember many years ago, I read a, uh, an article written by Rabbi Benjamin Blech. I have the great fortune to know him personally. He's an incredible person. And he writes a lot for Asia Torah. If you want to check his articles, he's incredible. 
and he wrote an article that one day he went to the doctor for his checkup and he's in the doctor and the doctor suddenly turns white and he tells him doctor uh, rabbi blech i'm so sorry to say you have a condition in your heart which is very bad and really you have a few months to live there I, there's nothing i can do this is something degenerative and i cannot stop it there's nothing i can do and she says you should go and, and get your things in order so rabbi blech came out of the doctor's office this was like 10 15 years ago and he was in a, in a daze, in a shock. Like he, did, he didn't even feel bad. And he went to a Starbucks and he sat there and he asked order a coffee, sat there, looked at the people, he was looking at everybody, people were working on their computers, others were talking, whatever. And he realized like, he's looking at all these people. He says, what's the difference with all these people and me today? And he looked and he thought to himself, the difference between them and me is that we're all gonna die, but I'm the only one that knows that he's gonna die. And then he said, if I know I'm gonna die, then what am I gonna do? And he went and he wrote, I don't know how many books he's written since then, many, many books. He, he wrote books. He started to become uh, an international speaker. He traveled the world on speaking engagements. He even went to the, to the Vatican to fight for the articles of the Bektamik Dash with the Pope. Like he became an advocate and he teaches in the Yeshiva University and he became very, very active. And this is 10, 15 years later, he's still alive. He's still doing what he does. So, but his life took a turn for the best because before he was existing, but now he was living. So the first words of this Mishnah that all humans are destined to die and that the dead will come to life is a combination of perceived and believed reality. So one is what we know. We know people are dying. We know we have lost people we love. We read in the newspaper every day, people die. This is, uh, this is the, the, the true reality. This is, this is what we live. And then, then there's the belief reality in which we have to tap to our faith. That is that we're not gonna, this is not the end. Like we're gonna come back. So, uh, so, uh, so Rabbi Tversky in his book, Visions of the Fathers, he talks about a burial. He says that the Alaha requires a, that the Jewish burial, that the coffin has to be a simple coffin. It has to be a wood, simple coffin with no engravings, nothing, the simplest thing ever. And the mourners remain by the graveside until the, the whole, um, grave is completely filled with earth, it's more they have to also help fill it up. And uh, he says as a rabbi that he has officiated in many burials, uh, he says it's not infrequent that the families come with a casket that is very expensive and they're fashioned of bronze or very expensive wood and they're all um, inside they're made out of silk and they make it very 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 uh, expensive and they, because they want to give their loved one the finest uh, the finest bed, I guess. So 
So unfortunately, some families would leave the cemetery before they fill the, the grave. And he would explain to them like, no, Alaha is the other way around. You have to come with a simple casket and you have to stay here till the whole grave is filled. So the, the, the family would say to him, no, 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 we can't, we can't witness the burial. It's too hard for us, it's too painful. Uh, it creates a lot of emotional pain. We cannot witness this and, and they leave. So he's a psychiatrist and he sees that many of these people that he treats years later come back with a, a lot of problems and he says that most of these people that come with all these anxieties and, and, and problems that they come with eh, come because they have unresolved eh, grief reactions. Like they don't, many people suffer a lot because they never went through the dwelling process in the right way. And in the Jewish religion, this is super wise. Like the whole process when a person dies, the, the burial, the, the, the seven days of Shiva, all this has a purpose. And it's so the person can grieve in, a, in, the, in the way he should be grieving and not uh, deny what's going on because eventually it's gonna come out. So, so he says that people who do not go through the grieving process at the time of their loss, at time when this is a normal behavior, when this is the normal thing to feel, the normal thing to, to do, like they delay their grief, eventually 10 years later, 15 years later, eight years later, five years later, it's gonna come out. And these unresolved grief feelings that emerge months and even years after, it come with a lot of symptoms, not only psychological, but many come with diseases of the, of the like from the physical body. And, uh, and he says that he can find and pinpoint this, this, this uh, situation, this, this unresolved issue. So he says uh, that parts of reality are unpleasant. There's things in life that really are not what we wanna feel and experience. Pain is something that people are always trying to avoid. We are designed to run away from pain and, and run towards uh, pleasure. This is our design. And the death of a person we love is really a devastating event in our lives. It's very tragic, it's very traumatic. And there are no two ways about it. Denial of reality is delusional and cannot result in an optimum adjustment to the reality, reality in which a person must live. Like, it's gonna come out eventually. And Alahar recognizes this and deals with it frankly. So there is no denying of what happened, nor disguising it. There are no frills that can eliminate the pain. Subsequent to the loss of a loved one, the pain is a pain, you have to go through it, you have to live it. There's things you can do that can help you physically, like exercise, meditation, breathing exercises, eating healthy, trying to sleep good hours. All these things are gonna be beneficial. You have to take care of your body because if not, it gets ruined. I remember when my father passed away, I had never experienced so much physical pain in my body and I was explained that this is a cortisol. This is, cortisol is a, um, is a, uh, is a chemi chemical in the body and when you're in pain it, it goes out like when you're stressed it goes out and I, I thought I was gonna die of pain and the only way but because was the pain of the of the soul was coming out through my body that was the way I was experiencing it and I had to really work do a lot of massages and exercises and stretching to be able to to survive that pain but it's unavoidable it's gonna come out 
either from your head or your heart or your body. It's gonna, it has to come out from somewhere because if not, you have a heart attack and that's it. You explode. So, so he says the painful reality means, must be acknowledged and accepted and overcome so that one can proceed with life. And this is something that is very important and this Mishnah is telling us this is life, this is what it is. And you have to recognize it and, and deal with it. So, so he says, we believe that our life in this world is but a soldier, sojourn, uh, the Jewish religion. We're here, we're transient, we're, 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 we're traveling, we're travelers of this world. And as, as we've seen in the earlier Mishnah, the Mishnah that we read last week, in which it says, uh, <clears throat> Rabbi Elazar Hakapar says, jealousy, lust, and glory remove a man from this world. Uh, we see in the last Mishnah that, uh, that, that we can prepare ourselves for an external existence. That while death is indeed a painful separation, it is only a transient one. Eventually there will be a reunion of souls that will remain uninterrupted. And so Rabbi Elazar goes on to the point out that life has meaning and that every person has a mission in life. So the last Mishnah he's telling us like don't get out of this world before your time. Like live in the world. Live with what you have. Be, be, be a person that lives a meaningful, purposeful life. A purposeful existence connected to Hashem. Live in the world. And it is for this reason that there is accountability as to whether one fulfilled his mission or has derelicted in the performance. So precisely because one must be in optimum condition to execute one's mission on earth, one cannot afford to indulge in deceptic comforts which will later result in dysfunction. So we have to be very in tune to what Hashem wants from us in this world. We have to learn Torah. We have to know what he wants from us. We have to understand his will, his wisdom, and really connect to that and live a life of, of meaning. So any more than one can take a narcotic to relieve the pain of an inflammated appendix. So yeah, the other things in life are band-aids. Any pleasures you're gonna have from the world are band-aids, they're band-aids, but that, that's not gonna cure your soul. Your soul can only be cured through, through living a, a true life, a, a, a true life of meaning and purpose. So in the previous Mishnah, Rabbi Elazar cautions against the destructive traits which can remove a person from this world. In, the Mishnah, he, in this Mishnah, he provides valuable advice of how we may stay in the world. And that is to recognize that this is not uh, forever, that we have a limited time in this world, that we come with a job to fulfill. And uh, as Jewish people, it's, it's very obvious what we have to do here and just don't run away from it. Just do what you have to do and live a little higher. Thank you.